tonight, um, last week, we, we actually finished up the Prophet, Priest, and King series. We were in that for four weeks, and uh, I debated on where to go next. Um, typically, I have a good plan uh, as to where to go next, and uh, I've decided to go backwards just a little bit. I want to go back to probably the most foundational issue when it comes to what we do. Uh, that being the Word of God. I want to spend a few weeks looking at the Word of God. Uh, tonight I want to, want to look specifically at the Word of God and how um, what all is in, involved in that, what's included in that. Um, and then also over the next few weeks want to look at uh, how do we get our Bibles. I want to ask questions of, of uh, is, why do we say Scripture is authoritative over us? Uh, is it sufficient and, and all sorts of questions like that. So we'll spend probably uh, a few, if not several, weeks talking about Scripture specifically uh, over the next few weeks. So that's where we're going. So if you've got a Bible tonight, uh, you can start in Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19. And let me go ahead and tell you, we, typically we always look at a lot of Scripture on Wednesday nights. Um, some of you... Know that, and therefore you just don't even try to turn pages and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. Well, let me go ahead and give you a disclaimer tonight. You may want to go ahead and resolve yourself to that tonight. Uh, there's going to be um, an unusually large amount of Scripture tonight. So you may want to just take a pen uh, and jot down the Scripture references and, uh, and be able to go back to them later on. If you, if you feel daring and bold, follow, you know, Turn with me because I'm going to be turning to these passages. So so feel free to do that. But I just want to give you that warning so that you're not frustrated the whole time through. Okay, so let's look at this. The word of God. What do we mean when we say the word of God? Well, some of you right now, I can hear you say that's pretty obvious. We talk about the Bible. Well, is that all the Bible means when it says the word of God? I don't necessarily think so. So I, I want you to. Follow along with me, and I want you to see how the Bible uses the Word of God uh, in, in a couple of different ways. First of all, the Bible talks about the Word of God as a person. Specifically who? Jesus. We talked about this in that He is our prophet, that He's revealed the Word of God to us. Let me show you some of these in Scripture. Revelation chapter 19, verse 13. Uh, this is... John's vision of the rider on the white horse. In verse 13, it says, He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God. He is the Word of God. Um, John 1, 1. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. If you skip down to verse 14, you know that it becomes obvious that the word that was in the beginning that was with God and was God is Jesus Christ. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So we see here Jesus Christ as the word of God. Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says, Long ago, 
At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. And go to first John, chapter one, verse one. First John one, one. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. See this at least four different times, and there may be others where the word of God is not just talking about the scriptures. It's not just talking about what the prophets had to say, but it is specifically calling Jesus Christ as a person, the word of God. And he came and he revealed God's word to us out of the Trinity. It is him. It's the son who is especially responsible for communicating the character of God to us. Think about it. We know what God is like. Because Jesus came. And also it is here. It is Jesus out of the Trinity who is responsible to communicate the will of God for us. That we wouldn't know what God required of us. We wouldn't know how we could be made right without Jesus coming. So Jesus is the word of God. But more than that, it's more than just Jesus as a person, the word of God. The word of God in Scripture is also referred to as speech by God. This is a little different than just just opening your Bible. This is times in history where God actually spoke from heaven. There are decrees made by God. Decrees are the words of God that cause events to happen or bring things into existence. Can you think of any where God spoke and caused something to be? Creation. We're doing homework uh, with my son right now. And uh, it's all about uh, the Ice Age and 3.5 million years ago and all of this sort of thing. My son Actually, today, I think it was today, looked at his teacher and said, <clears throat> do you actually believe that? The preacher's son. And he said, well, yeah, why wouldn't I believe that? Do you not believe it? And, I, and he said, under his breath, he said, well, no, the Bible doesn't teach that. And I said, son, you're right. Now, he's having to learn and he's having to go to school and he's having to be under the authority that God, God placed authority of the public school system. He's there and he submits. But he's also coming home with these real life questions. And God says in Genesis 1, 1, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Genesis 1, actually verse 3. God said, let there be light and there was light. (laughs) You ever thought about how amazing that is? The word of God just speaks and there it is. You ever been in a power outage and couldn't find the flashlight or the candles? Wouldn't it be nice if you could just say, let there be light or better yet, in the dead of summer, let there be air conditioning, (laughs) right? That's the power of our God. The word of God is this decree that brings it to be. Psalm chapter 33, verses six and seven. 
from 33, 6 and 7. By the word of the Lord, or the word of God, the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses, all with his word. It's a decree. He just speaks and causes it to be. One of the things that we try to do every time we go to the beach, and I'm on the beach with my kids, is we always do it. It is a, it is, it's an insane exercise, but we always dig a hole in the sand, and then we go down with buckets, and we bring water back, and we try to fill the hole with water. Well, what happens to the water? It goes out before we can get back again. It just filters through the sand. Our God gathers the waters of the sea with His voice. Isn't that amazing? It's just flat out amazing. Uh, not only does he create things with his voice, but Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He upholds the universe, which means he holds it together. The reason that you and I don't go hurling off into space is because God has said, stay. God has told gravity to do what it does. It's the word of God decreeing that so. So Jesus is the word of God. There is speech by the word of God recorded in Scripture, these decrees. There's also times when God personally addressed people. The word of God came Personally, now I've never heard the audible voice of God. Don't don't expect to, because God's spoken in a book. But there were times, there have been times, and I'm not going to say to rule it all out. I, you know, if God wants to speak to somebody today. He can. It won't become part of Scripture. The canon is closed. But I'm not going to rule out the fact that God could speak again. There were times when He did in the past. Turn back to Genesis chapter two, verses fifteen and sixteen. I wish these scriptures would have all laid out next to each other and we could have turned in order. seems like we're going from Genesis to Hebrews to Revelation to Genesis to Hebrews. But uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And we read about that and we think, well, he must have wrote it down. <laughs> or he must, have, he must have somehow transferred that to them. And they didn't really hear the audible voice of God. They just, they just knew it. No. God said it, spoke it to them. They heard the voice of God like I hear the voice of my wife or my children or you hear my voice right now. Isn't that amazing? And then, just so that you see, when they broke his law, he spoke again. Now, how'd you like to be there? <laughs> I remember being in, I think it was fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade math, when tall Paul Minton came back into the room whenever I threw the pencil and tried to stick it into the ceiling tile. And he caught me and he said, all right, let's go. That was the last place I wanted to be. And that was the last voice I wanted to hear. You imagine hearing this voice? In Genesis chapter 3, beginning in, uh, in verse 16. To the woman he said, 
I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing and pain. You shall bring forth children. Your, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And Adam's probably sitting back saying, see, you shouldn't have taken that thing. And about that time. He said to Adam. Just when he thought he was off the hook, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We see here... Not only the voice of God decreeing things, but we see the voice of God coming to individuals personally. Um, Another one, um, and and we won't turn there, but Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. God talking to Moses, and he sends Moses back down to the people. and And it's prior to him writing it on the tablets. But he says to where everyone there could hear these words that I'm commanding you. Imagine being in the crowd that day among the Israelites at the base of the mountain and hearing the voice of God boom from heaven. Imagine if we were to come in here and we were to gather together and we're in the middle of worship and all of a sudden, without the PA system, a voice from heaven tells us, this is what I'm telling you to do. You go on further. There were times when it was... He personally addressed people, Moses, the Israelites. How about the time when Jesus was baptized? Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Jesus is baptized. When he comes out of the water, behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Voice of God speaking to the people there, affirming who Jesus was. And then there were also times when the word of God was also speech, but it didn't come as booming from the heavens. It didn't come decreeing things into existence, but it came through the mouths of prophets. Let me give you just a few of those. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. Deuteronomy 18, 18 through 20 says this. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth. And he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. We see here God speaking through the lips of human prophets. He also told Jeremiah something similar. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9. Jeremiah 1 9. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. This is the word of God coming through the mouths of the prophets. Numbers chapter 22, one of, probably one of the most um, just 
just weird stories of, of the Bible. Numbers chapter 22. Where Balaam's donkey sees the angel of the Lord in the middle of the road and won't go by. And Balaam jumps off and begins to strike the donkey, beats the donkey three times. And then listen to what transpires in verse 27 down through 38. Verse 27, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled. He struck the donkey with his staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me with these these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have made a fool of me. That's just ironic to me. That's the funniest part of the thing is that he just talks back to the donkey like nothing ever happened. You know, it's just a common thing. I wish I had a sword in my hand for then I would kill you. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life long to this day? Is it my habit to treat you this way? And he said, well, no, (laughs) you know, that's just funny. Verse 31, and the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed down and fell on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to oppose you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside before me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely just now I would have killed you and let her live. Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you stood in the road against me. Now, therefore, if it is evil in your sight, I will turn back. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men, but speak only the word that I tell you. So Balaam Went on these went went on with the princes of Balak. When Balak heard the heard that Balaam had come, he went out to meet him at the city of Moab on the border formed by the Arnon in the extremity of the border. And Balak said to to Balaam, "Did I not send to to you to call you? Why did you not call to me? Am I not able to to honor you?" Balaam said to Balak, "Behold, I have come to you. Have I now have I now any power?" Of my own to speak anything. The word that God puts in my mouth, that must I speak. It was a mouthful. I think Balaam there is convinced, though, that whatever God puts in his mouth, he's got to speak because he had just seen God put the words in the donkey's mouth. We see here God speaking through decrees. We see him speaking through personally addressing certain individuals. We see him speaking through prophets. And every single one of those, whether it was a personal address or whether it was speaking through a prophet or a donkey, it was seen, viewed as the word of God, authoritative over their life. And if they were to ignore it or see it in any other light, it would be to disbelieve God himself and to disobey God himself. They didn't see it as, well, that's just what Jeremiah says. Or that's just what Isaiah thinks. That's just that's just Moses. No. They knew that this was the instrument through which the word of God was coming to them. And that's key. That's key. The word of God also comes not just in a person, not just as speech, but also it comes lastly to us. 
in written form. And this is what we get to. This is what we understand and we know as the word of God, the Bible. Back to Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. Exodus 31, verse 18 says. But he said, I'm sorry, in the wrong chapter, 31, verse 18. And he gave to Moses when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the very finger of God. God wrote it down. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31, verses 9 through 13. Then Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them at the end of every seven years, at the set time in the year of release at the Feast of Booths, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women and little ones. And the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to do all the words of this law. And that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land that you are going over to the Jordan to possess. So God writes it down, gives it to Moses. Moses writes it out further, gives it to the people to be read every seven years. And then there's more that's added. Further additions were made to the book, including God's words. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24 verses or verse 26. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the terebinth. That was by the sanctuary of the Lord. So Joshua, Moses, he writes through Moses. He writes through Joshua, Isaiah. More is added. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 8. Y'all hang with me. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Isaiah 30, verse 8. And now go write it before them on a tablet and inscribe it in a book that it may be for the time to come as a witness forever. Isaiah is able to include the word of God. This is not just Isaiah or Joshua or Moses writing whatever they felt like. No, they're writing as God speaks to them. They're writing what God says to them. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 2. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, write in a book all the words that I have spoken to you. You go on over and you find in chapter 36 of Jeremiah. Verses 27 through 31. Now, after the king had burned the scroll with the words that Baruch wrote at Jeremiah's dictation, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, take another scroll and write on it all the former words that were in the first scroll which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, has burned. And concerning Jehoiakim, and he goes on from there and he tells him, write again the same thing that you wrote before. God preserving his word, writing it down. In the New Testament, I don't have time to turn there. Let me just give you these. In the New Testament, Jesus told his disciples that when he left, the Holy Spirit would come and would remind them of all that he said to them. 
John chapter 14, verses 25 through 26. The Holy Spirit would come and remind them why. He would remind them so that they could write it down. From Moses to Joshua to Isaiah to Jeremiah and others in between. And now going into the New Testament with the apostles writing. And even the apostle Paul, who was an apostle chosen as one out of time, could definitively say in 1 Corinthians 14, 37, and also in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, that His Word was the Word of God. It was the Word of God. Here is Paul writing after the fact. So we have from Genesis all the way through the writings of the apostles to Revelation being the Word of God written down for us. And why? You say, What's the big deal? Why have you taken all of that time to show us how the word of God is referred to or taught in Scripture? Well, two reasons. First is this. When you look at it that way, it is impossible to come to the conclusion that God has been vague or aloof. God has spoken. It's, it's not just what we have here in this book. He has spoken through His Son. He has spoken in decreeing the universe and holding the universe together. He has spoken through the prophets. He has written it down and preserved it. He has done everything possible to reveal who He is to us. God is not some force out there to be discovered. People talk in that language and say, I found God. No, you didn't. God spoke over and over and over and over and over again, revealing himself to you. You didn't find God. God came after you. He came after me. I want you to know definitively that God has spoken And the second part of why I've labored over this 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 evening is because I want to remind you that it is the word of God that we have been commanded to study specifically in its written form. That we have been commanded and instructed to take this book and study it. As Baptists, we love that. We say we're people of the book. But there's a whole lot of Baptists out there who don't know very much about the book. We've got people that have sat in church services and sat through sermons year after year after year, and they can't tell you what it's about. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. Let me just share a couple of these with you, and we'll be through. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Joshua 1, verse 8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God has spoken and what a privilege that is. 
And he has written it down and given his word to us that we can open and read. And we can study. And we can get to the very heart of God. It's a great privilege, isn't it? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for speaking. God, thank you that you are the word made flesh. God, that you've spoken so many different ways to the prophets and now you've written it down and you preserve it all. Just as you hold the universe together through the power of your word, you're also holding your word together through the power of your word. It is preserved. It has stood the test of time and it will all it will continue to stand the test of time. God, we often pray and say, I just wish I knew what God's will was for my life. The reality is, God, you have revealed it to us in so many different ways. God, forgive us for neglecting your word. God, I pray that you would help us to see what a great privilege it is to have your word and to be able to read and study and meditate on it. For when we do. We will benefit from it. The people around us will benefit from it. God, you will be glorified. God, I pray that that's what would drive us. is to know you more and to be satisfied in you as we learn you through your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.